Now, I believe God created humankind and he created them with one language. Now, we learn how all of these different languages, over 7,000 today, became evident in the world. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hemmer. I'm James. And this is Bible Discovery TV. We are discovering the Word of God, the Bible. Hopefully you have a Bible guide. If not, we'll tell you how to get some in a moment. We're going to be studying Genesis chapter 11. This is a really interesting study today, so we'll do that in about three minutes. Corey? I'm still staying focused on Genesis chapter 10 and asking, uh, asking the question, who was biblical Nimrod? Ryan? Well, today I'm joined by Dr. Don Batten of Creation Ministries International to talk about Genesis and creation. Very good. I remember Don Batten is excellent. Uh, didn't know who he was, and then all of a sudden he gets up there. Anyway, uh, what are you doing, Janice? Together, forever, in Christ. All right. Take your Bible guide. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 11, and let's look at what God says. Genesis 11, 1 through 9. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. And it came to pass, as they journeyed from the east, that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone, and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city, and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one, and they all have one language, and this is what they begin to do. Now nothing that they propose to do will be held from them. Come, let us go down and there confuse their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad, from there, over the face of all the earth, and they ceased building the city. Therefore its name is called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 9. How in the world do we all have these different languages? I mean, think about this. You've got languages from all over the world. You've got people you know, talking this way and that way. In fact, I looked it up and there's about 7,000 languages. That's very, very interesting. You know, languages are such an interesting area of research in the world today. About 7,000 of them, each with the development of new languages and the departure of older ones. The number has still continued to grow, though, through time. One of the oldest languages to remain is Hebrew. That's the language of the Old Testament of the Bible. In Genesis, the Bible claims that languages had their beginning in rebellion against God. Instead of spreading out on the earth and developing their families and societies, Genesis 11 records that humanity gathered together and they built a city and they built a tower in purposeful defiance of God. Well, 
Then God confused their languages, mitigating the damage that they could all create together. Now, this, this confusion of languages effectively forced them all apart into their different family groupings. And this is the beginning of the language transformation. Now, today we have, of course, these language translators, these electric devices that you can purchase. They have several of them. And you can say something and it'll communicate in like 60 other languages. And that's how you, you go around the world and use it. Or you can go on the computer and select the language that you want it to adjust to and all of that. Very interesting. So it's kind of a reverse Tower of Babel effect going on. But anyway, that's another story for another day. Take out your Bible guide and uh, read through it and, and find out where we're at today as we study Genesis chapter 11, the Tower of Babel and languages. And if you don't have a Bible guide, call us or write to us. We'll be happy to send you one or you can go to BibleDiscoveryTV.com and you can get it there just as we printed it. It's very exciting, actually. And so keep that in mind. As we focus on this, let's pray and ask the Lord to speak to our hearts. Father, help us today to listen to the word of God, not to listen to our ideas, but to let our ideas be influenced by your word. This is very important, especially today. Let's hear you, Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ, and we said together, amen and amen. Now let's focus on this because this is important. This is Genesis chapter 11. Here's what the Bible says. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar. And they dwelt there. And then they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. Did you see that? God created all of mankind with one language. We live our lives best when we follow what God has commanded us. Did you see that? They said, we don't want to go out. God told Adam, and then he told Noah, get out there and be fruitful and multiply. The people did not want to do that. After Noah's flood and all of that, they said, no, we don't, we want to make a name for ourselves. We're going to stay in one city, one place and make us great. They disobeyed the commands of God. Now that's interesting because when you disobey the commands of God, something happens to us. And we see a lot of that happening today. So with that in mind, we go back to the scripture. And this is what the scripture says, beginning with verse five. It says, but the Lord came down to see the city and the tower, which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one and they all have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing that they have purpose to do will be withheld from them. So come, let us go down there and confuse their languages that they may not understand 
one another's speech. Fascinating. God broke up their selfishness and arrogant attitudes with language. The Lord will move in and correct us if we completely disobey him. The Lord will move in and correct us if we completely disobey him. That's important to remember. So what they did is they wanted to be, you know, one person, but God sees that. And he says, no, I wanted you to go out, be fruitful and multiply, but you're not. So I'm going to come down and confuse your languages because going against what I said is not what I wanted for you. Now, keep that in mind. God is not, you know, a dominate dominator trying to tell us what to do. He gives us free will choice. But whatever we choose has consequences. We choose and it has consequences. If we choose to play football in the middle of the traffic, that's a problem because it has consequences. Something we need to remember. All right, let's go on because this really gets interesting now as we focus on this. We see that verse 8 says, So the Lord scattered them abroad from there all over the face of the earth. And they ceased building the city. Therefore, its name is called Babel, because the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there, the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of the earth. Do you understand what the Lord's doing here? See, Babel is named as a place that rebelled against God. Modern Iraq is the ancient place of that rebellion. Uh, Iraq is a very interesting country now, but that's the place where that rebellion occurred. Now, the, the name Babel is fascinating. Uh, in Akkadian, it means gate of the gods. But in Hebrew, it's very similar to a word that means confusion. I find that amazing that this word Babel is used that way. So keep in mind that the Tower of Babel or Babylon is in Hebrew, confusions of the gods. And it's very important because in Akkadian, it means the gates of the gods. Babylon is a city that's mentioned several times in the scriptures, but one city is mentioned more than Babylon. That is the city of Jerusalem. It is the most mentioned city in the Bible. So keep that in mind. And as we think about this, remember that it is God who is the originator of the different languages. Now, the Holy Spirit teaches us that he gives gifts to people. And those gifts, some of them, have to do with speaking other languages. Not that we spent the time to learn them, but that we speak other languages. So that's really important. So this is all coming down now as we focus on this in the last time, in these days. Father, help us today. As we learn what you're doing, keep us close to your Holy Spirit as we follow Jesus Christ. Now, from a biblical perspective, why do you think God made humans and apes look similar? Well, the same thing, same reason I think that there are similarities right through all living things, and that is we see a continuum, if you like, which speaks to us of one creator. If we're entirely different to every living, other living thing on Earth, we have entirely different chemistry, entirely different everything, then we might think there's different creators.
Welcome back to the program. Today, I'm sharing another clip from this video set called A World by Design 3, which is available now. And A World by Design is an ongoing series of mine in which I interview some of the top scientists and researchers in the world. And in the summer of 2023, I attended a Creation Super Conference in Muskoka, Ontario, Canada, hosted by Creation Ministries International, and I was able to sit down with most of the scientists and speakers there. And today, I want to share with you a clip of my interview with Dr. Don Batten, who is the Senior Scientist for Creation Ministries International Australia, and he has a PhD in plant biology, and he's one of the editors for Creation Magazine. Now, Dr. Batten was converted to Christ at a young age, but during high school and university, he was confronted with evolution and millions and billions of years. Now, despite that experience, Dr. Batten is still a Christian and a biblical creationist. So you came to Christ at a relatively young age, but my next question is, have you always believed in creation or been a young earth creationist? Well, I certainly did when I was 10 years of age. But um, then, of course, getting to high school and being taught evolution and millions of years and, uh, and then university doing science at university, uh, became quite confused about the whole thing and, and then started to think maybe God could have used evolution or over millions of years and uh, maybe the days or long periods of time and so I had all these sort of ideas which are very common today uh, as part of my sort of confused thinking at the time. So I sort of fell into a bit of a hole there and I tried not to think about it too much. It sort of hurt too much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I sort of pushed it aside and a bit of ostrich treatment, head in the sand, trying not to think about it too much. But um, eventually when I was doing my doctorate, I actually came to understand that evolution really didn't have any legs and eventually realised also that the age of the Earth was um, something I didn't have to worry about. It certainly wasn't millions and billions of years old like it's commonly believed. So I had a change of heart about the whole thing. Uh, it didn't happen overnight. It took me... Uh, when the first thing that happened was I heard Dr Dwayne Gish from Institute for Creation Research came to Sydney and did a public lecture at the university where I was. and. Uh, I saw it advertised, I went along and um, I was ama just amazed and pleased to hear somebody defend believing the Bible uh, from a scientific perspective. And uh, he set me on a path. I received his message gladly. I was uh, very, very happy to hear what he had to say. And uh, so then I started reading and uh, he recommended a book which I got. and. Um, yeah, that began a journey, which probably 18 months later, I actually decided I'd believe the Bible. I thought I did, but I realised I didn't. Uh, so then I got to the point where I realised I wasn't believing the Bible, but then I needed, I thought I really need to believe what the Bible says. And so that was at that point. Now, for the sake of time, I had to cut it off there, but I go on to ask Dr. Batten if there's scientific evidence in support of the biblical age of the creation, to which he refers me to an article he wrote called 101 Evidences for a Young Age of the Earth and the Universe, which I'll link below if you want to read that. And this topic of the age of the Earth is controversial, but I believe it's important. And Dr. Don Batten will be back tomorrow to explain why. He is a great guy. I remember 
at the being at the conference and sitting down and watching the speaker and uh, a gentleman from Australia next to me starts to talk to me about everything, you know, gas prices and everything else. And we got talking and I didn't realize it was Dr. Don Batten. I didn't understand that. And then, and then he gets up to speak and I realized, ah, oh, he's the Dr. Don Batten. Anyway, it was really good. Thank <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah. He's that. a great guy. He is. What a, what an awesome guy he is, Corey. All right. Well, I'm also going to be sharing a portion of an interview today. If you saw yesterday's program, you saw a little portion of it as well. I was able to interview Dr. Douglas Petrovich about his new book. Uh, it was released in late October of last year. It's called Nimrod, the Empire Builder, Architect of Shock and Awe. And it's a book where the whole thesis is identifying Nimrod of the Bible with Sargon of, Ak- of Akkad. And it's a really, really interesting theory. So I sat down with Dr. Petrovich and asked him a bunch of questions about why he thinks this is the case and what he can discern biblically about uh, Nimrod. So today I asked him what the biblical criteria for Nimrod would be. So when he's searching in history for a historical figure, what is he looking for that would help him identify that figure with Nimrod? Take a look. All right. So. Now that we've kind of talked about these literary conventions and putting Nimrod in his right time period, there's a whole other element here where now you have to try to identify a biblical figure historically. So where, where do you even start when you want to identify a biblical figure historically? And specifically in our case today, where do you start with Nimrod when you're trying to identify him historically? Sure. And I guess I could say in light of what we were just talking about, good Bible study method um, observations and interpretations and so forth, that's all part of it. But um, for that question, maybe we can start by studying and quantifying every possible characteristic of, you know, whatever specific person we're looking at in scripture. And we're trying to draw out what are those characteristics of this person? What do we know to be true? What is the biblical writer clearly communicating? And, and really, Corey, we can we can start by making a list, you know, a little Christmas list. One, two, three, four, five, and just, you know, numbering these things. And with Nimrod, we start with requirements su- such as this. He was a king, right? So you can't get away from this. It's a requirement. He was a king. Why? Because the text itself says that his kingdom began in a certain place. So if there is to be a kingdom, there has to be a king. Second thing, his kingdom had to be a massive empire. Why? Because he controlled powerful cities in both Shumer, which is southern Mesopotamia. The Bible knows it as the land of Shinar, if you're just going to transliterate from Hebrew into English. Then he later expanded to the north into Assyria. And Assyria is a vast land of its own. And it gives representative cities of each land that he conquered. And that being true, I think it's a very fair statement to make that he didn't just uh, capture or control three cities of Shumer of southern Mesopotamia and four cities of Assyria. These are just the tip of the iceberg. It, It wants to, you know, Moses wants to quickly draw your attention to several important centers that Nimrod conquered and then probably you know you would think you would assume that he built up and made a part of his um, subsequent kingdom so so um, his so that's very important 
the, the kingdom had to be a massive empire because it included uh, virtually, if not all, of southern Mesopotamia and Assyria to the north. And then a third characteristic is his kingdom had to begin in Shumer and then later expand into Assyria. So what that does is it gives us, if you will, a chronological flight plan. It had to start in southern Mesopotamia, his kingdom, and it had to include, not be limited to necessarily, but include Assyria to the north. So that limits a lot of kings and it crosses a lot of candidates off the list of possible figures that could connect with biblical Nimrod because not many kings um, actually are empire builders. There aren't that many. And of those, not many at all start their kingdom in southern Mesopotamia and expand it into Assyria. So this really limits the field. So those are some of the things that we can look at. So obviously I just showed you a very tiny clip of our interview. The entire interview was I think an hour and 15 minutes, something along those lines. So if you are interested in seeing the whole interview where we talk about some of the main points of his book and, and I, I, I'm able to, to ask him about some of the finer points in there. If you want to see the whole thing, hop on over to my YouTube channel. It's uploaded there totally for free. So take a look if it interests you. Yeah, that it really is good. And both of you did a great job. So thank you for doing that. Excellent. Very good. Janice? You know, the, the community of God's kingdom is vast. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes when we watch the news or we look around we think otherwise. But the truth is, it's a vast kingdom and it's growing continually every day as we share our testimonies, as we share the gospel message, God's kingdom expands, not because of who we are, but because of who God is and what he has done. And our responsibility and obedience to Christ is to share our testimony and, and tell about the good news. And it's Holy Spirit who changes the heart of someone. I just really felt that was um, important for me to say at this point of the program. I called this Together Forever in Christ. And maybe that does have some relevance as to what I'm going to say. It's a very different um, look or take on the Tower of Babel. Some of you say Babel, some say Babel. But God's command for the people after the flood were to multiply and populate the earth, not stay together in one place. And this is what this people group decided to do. They, they rebelled against what God had commanded, and they were going to do things on their own. And so the languages came in um, and, and separation of the people groups happened because they grouped themselves together to where the people under, could understand one another. And that, that makes per perfect sense. If I just made up a new language to try to talk to you, it would be very frustrating for the both of us to try to understand what each other's saying. So you can see humanly why uh, they were spread out. Well, I got to thinking that this happened because of rebellion against God, what God had said. And so he did something to then have the people do what he had wanted. And conversely then, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, there is something that no matter what our language or what country or where, what culture we come from, there is something that 
is common amongst us, something that unites us, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's a beautiful thing because when we can hear the different languages of someone perhaps who lives in another country that we don't speak the same language, there is that commonality that we are praising God because of our love for him, no matter what language it's in. And just as a quick example, with modern technology, just in November, a niece of mine got married to a wonderful man in Kenya, and she's from Canada. And we got to watch live via social media the wedding live in Kenya. And Rod, it was awesome, wasn't it? And at one point, um, they had a team of people get up and they began to sing in their national language. I think maybe it was Swahili, I'm not sure. But they started to sing a song. And you know, it made me weep. And even when I think of it now, because Corey, I didn't understand a word and I know you were at your house watching at the same time. I didn't understand a word that they were saying. And it was not a familiar um, song that we do here. It was one of their worship songs. But you could feel and sense the Spirit of God in that song. There is something about our languages even now, that commonality, that unity, that as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, that's what brings us, that even though we're apart, we're together. And that made me think, you know, there is coming a day that God is going to bring us together. Oh, what a day that will be, Maranatha, Lord Jesus. But one day we will all live together with him for eternity. But what a what a blessed hope that we have in the Lord Jesus. Well, there's a lot of people fighting right now, but let's remember the Holy Spirit is drawing his people together right now. Very important. You know, Beyond the Call is a program that talks about people and I interview people. It's, it's a lot of fun because we talk to them about when Jesus Christ became more than just a name to them. And it's a program that we do for you and it's a program we do to honor God. If you want to find out about it, go to where you get your podcast of the, this program and or go to Bible Discovery TV or the YouTube or the Facebook and you can find it there. Father, help us today as we follow you and your word. 